0: This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanx.org. I hope you and yours had a wonderful Christmas time. And um, today is the the final part in this year's Christmas series. And uh, I'm really excited, actually. I'm really excited to be bringing God's Word to you today. Hope you've got a Bible. If you've got a Bible, you can get it out and get to Luke chapter 2. We'll be going there soon. That's cool. Well, this Christmas time, uh, I saw on social media lots of people uh, tweeting the following phrase. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with Hashtags, this is what it looks like in in real words It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas And lots of people were, I guess, getting in the Christmas mood over the past few weeks And um, lots of people, maybe maybe there's different triggers for different people in the room Maybe a trigger was watching a certain film over the Christmas period You know, Christmas has has kind of passed And I realise I've not watched no Christmas films this year I haven't watched Elf, I haven't watched Home Alone I've not watched any Christmas films this year but maybe for you, the moment when you said, you know, maybe you turned to someone and said, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Maybe you were watching a film, and maybe it's when this advert came on. I know for lots of people, this is the advert that when this comes on, people say, now it's Christmas. The advert's happened, or maybe for you, it was the John Lewis advert. The advert happened, and now it feels like Christmas. Uh, again, maybe it was this moment. We got our tree really late this year. I don't know what was happening to me. No Christmas films. And the tree came, I don't know, maybe a week before Christmas. I went out on the Saturday. What day was Christmas? Wednesday. I got it on the Saturday this year. That is late, isn't it? But maybe when the tree went up and uh, the lights shone in your front room, maybe that's when you said to yourself or you said to the person next to you, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Or maybe for you this year, it just didn't happen. Maybe that kind of elusive, evasive Christmas spirit just passed you by. Maybe on Sunday, the 29th of December, you're kind of thinking, where did it go? (laughs) Like Christmas has been and gone. Or maybe the moment lasted too, maybe it's too brief for you this Christmas. Maybe you had kind of a glimpse of that Christmas spirit, but it came and went all too quickly. Maybe this year it was elusive or evasive for you. The Christmas spirit. Uh, And this morning, we're going to look at Luke's account, Luke's uh, narrative of the Christmas story, and a few of the characters in there, and a few of the things that happen in that Christmas story that I hope will teach us, well, how can we hold on to that Christmas spirit and actually keep it all year round? You know, not the tree, and not the films, and not the trimmings, but actually this beauty, this wonder of the Christmas story, is there a way of catching it and keeping it all year round. Well, let's look at Luke chapter 2. Are you there? Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, as imagine, so would you be. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. Whoa, That's good, is it? I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly... When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at at what the shepherds said to them. This is beautiful. I love verse 19. But Mary treasured all these things up in her heart and pondered them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they'd just been told. Luke 2, verse 18 to 20. So there's three things this morning I want to share with you. Three things that if if this year, if this Christmas passed you by, or even this Christmas was wonderful, it was an amazing time, and you're one of those people that says, I wish it could be Christmas every day. I wish that spirit, that wonder, that magic that we experienced at this time, I wish I could hold on to that. If only there was a way of kind of catching and holding on to the spirit of Christmas that Christmas spirit. There's three things I want to share with you this morning that hopefully will help you kind of step out of the Christmas story into your best year yet, into an incredible 2014, into a significant 2014. And here's the first thing. The first thing I want to encourage you to do is to open your eyes. Open your eyes. They say that Christmas is the most wonderful time of year and many would agree. You know, it is a time, isn't it, of magic and wonder and innocence. That's one of the things I love about Christmas. It's really innocent and it's full of joy. Uh, And if you had a house with small children in it this year, you were probably waiting for that magic moment. You know, that moment of wonder. Maybe you're trying to even force or create that moment with some crumbs that Santa left behind or a half-eaten carrot. You know, uh, at Christmas we expect wonder. It's one of the few times in the year where we actually expect things to go well. <laughs> and we actually expect things to be good. We actually expect there to be um, a moment where everyone goes, wow. For us on Christmas morning, um, actually, our girls opened the presents and it was a bit like, is that it? You know, when they open their presents, and we're like, this is going to be amazing. We are excited about our girls coming down, opening their presents. And they open their presents, and they didn't quite say this, but it was almost like their um, experience was, is that it? And then they came to church on Christmas Day, and some parents in this room brought amazing things like iPads for their children, or Kindle Fire uh, or things like that. Tony Howard, Kindle Fire, and Bella turned up with a skipping rope. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh no, what have we done to our children? A skipping rope, which is you know a functional, practical present. That's a good present. But then Tony buys my Kindle Fire. You know, how can we compete with this? But then later on during the day, um, later on during the day, Jasmine, when we went round to my my brother's house, and what my mom tends to do for Christmas is she just brings a bag, a massive bag full of presents, and pours it out, and you just have all these children all over the room just throwing presents all over the place and opening presents, in. and there was kind of the magical moment of Bella, uh, sorry, Jasmine opening a present and going, oh, wow. My nephew, I think, had the best response I've ever seen to the opening of a present when his dad got him a Skylander. Anyone know what a Skylander is? I don't know what Skylander is, but it's something for an Xbox or something like that, um, a computer game kind of thing. And he got this Skylander present, and he literally fell to the ground. He fainted in front of his, in front of his family. It was a brilliant moment. Fell on the floor, then jumped back up, screamed a few exciting screams, and, and opened his present. Open your eyes. It is full of wonder. Like It is one of those times in the year where actually incredible things can happen. And the, the first Christmas story is certainly full of wow moments. You know, the wonder of new life. The wonder of angels appearing to shepherds. The wonder of the stars aligning in the sky to create this phenomenon that we now know as the star of Bethlehem. It's full of wonder. And actually, what I've learned is that every day can be full of wonder if we, if we just open our eyes. But actually, every day can be like Christmas Day. If we just open our eyes. A few years ago, I was at a, a worship event. There was 10,000 young people at this event. Uh, and me and my friend uh, were there together. And we had this amazing experience, you know, this amazing experience in the presence of God. And as we walked out of the big tent where the worship event was uh, to our small tent, it was kind of like a festival setting. As we were walking back, 10,000 kind of people streaming out of this tent. Me and my friend just saw this thing flash across the sky a shooting star just flashing across the sky. Now, I was about 16 years old and I don't think I'd ever seen one before. Um, I don't know if that's weird. You know, I don't know if you see them often. But I don't think I'd ever seen a shooting star before just flashed across the sky. And we were like, wow, that, that is amazing. That is amazing that all these other people kind of passing us by, thousands of people. And it's like they hadn't noticed it. And so we decided to stand still to see if it would happen again. You know, we'd never seen a shooting star. We thought, well, let's stop and look and see if we can see another one. And then we did. another shooting star flashed across the sky. And again, it was amazing, like 16 years, no shooting stars. In the last two minutes, I've seen two. So we thought, well let's stay and see what else happens. And so another shooting star flew across the sky, and another and another and it was just this incredible, incredible thing. So we did what you would all do. We lay down in the middle of the field because uh, we thought this is incredible. We're kind of having like a cosmic show put on for us and so we're gonna lay in the middle of this field and look at the night sky and just see what else happens. That night we saw something like 15 shooting stars and because we, we Uh, All we could see was the sky. It was like the sky became as close as my hand to my face and we saw a planet. And the night was as as clear as I'd ever seen it before. What happened? Well, what happened was, instead of choosing to look at the person's head in front of me, or instead of looking at my feet, you know, walking and trudging like everybody else, we opened our eyes and we saw what God was doing. We saw this incredible, incredible miracle in the sky. Uh, and apparently, this actually happens every year. It's kind of a, an annual phenomenon. And, and years later, me and my f- the same friend uh, uh, kind of got our deck chairs out and we sat and we looked at the night sky again and we saw the same spectacle years later. I encourage you to open your eyes. Christmas is full of wonder, it's full of joy. You know, it has that kind of magical essence of anything is possible. You know, maybe this year will be the year when this happens. You know, maybe, maybe Father Christmas, if I've been good, will bring me this. You know, we kind of have this expectation of excitement, but actually, I want to encourage you that your 2014, if you open your eyes, will be full of wonder. Actually, the the miracle is right in front of you. It's actually right in front of you. God has got incredible things, not hidden from you, but hidden for you. God God is not maniacal. Like he's not evil. He's not sneaky. You know, in that way, he's not hidden things from you to keep you away from them. Actually, he's got incredible things right in front of you if you just open your eyes. Every day can be full of joy and full of wonder. Now, in this story, what the shepherds actually saw in the night sky was an angel and then an army of angels. You know, and I love actually that in this story, the army of angels were an army of worshippers. They didn't come with swords to attack. They came with songs of worship, you know, which I love. That is a reflection of heaven. So in this story, that's what they saw. They saw an army of angels. And um, you may not believe me when I say this, but I met an angel once, honestly. Like, anyone believe me? I, I met an angel once. It was called Jack. And uh, Jack the angel came to our church on a mobility scooter. <laughs> and this was back when I was living in Manchester. And this guy, Jack... Uh, turned up one day in our church in his mobility scooter. And he'd come every Sunday to church. Our church was mainly full of young adults, and a lot of the people that came to our church were children or young people. But suddenly out of nowhere, Jack appeared one day in his mobility scooter. Now, our church in Manchester, this is a few years ago, um, had steps like this at the front door. Can you imagine that? Like steps like this at the front door. Now, if you um, are mobile, like they can walk up these steps, but if you're on a mobility scooter, then that's hard work, you know, to get up these steps. So what would happen on a Sunday when he arrived is he would get out of his chair and a few people would either run because they saw Jack coming and they knew that carrying him was one thing, carrying his scooter was another thing. But then if you're going to carry Jack, you're also going to listen to Jack's stories. And Jack had a few stories. (laughs) Jack had stories about fishing and playing darts and snooker and Manchester City and all these kind of things. If you saw Jack, you knew you were going to be there for a while because he was going to have a story to tell. And so you would notice some people who, if they noticed him, they'd Scarper. But then you notice other people that when they saw him, they'd be first there to the steps to help lift Jack up and help lift up his scooter. Now, I, he may or may not have been an actual, literal angel. But Hebrews thirteen two, if you can put the scripture up, says this. You know, the shepherds met angels, and there's no denying they were angels. They, they didn't look like Jack. <laughs> they didn't come on a mobility scooter. You know, they came as the armies of heaven. But in Hebrews thirteen two, it says this. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. After a few weeks and months of getting to know Jack, I thought, I wonder if God has sent him just to test how gracious and kind and loving we really are. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, as, a, as a community of people that profess to know Jesus, I wonder if actually, if God has sent Jack just to see if we will stop and listen to a story about fishing. To see if we will show kindness to somebody who can't get themselves up these, up these steps. So you may not have been a literal angel, but actually, if you open your eyes, every day can be full of wonder. If you open your eyes, actually, your life is surrounded by people who may well have been sent by God to you so that you can show hospitality, so that you can show love. So number one, open your eyes. Number two is this, to hold on to God's promise. In a moment, we're going to meet two more characters in the Christmas story, and two characters that we often don't think about or don't talk about in the Christmas story. They're called Simeon and Anna. In a moment, we're going to hear their story in Luke 2. But here's, here's what I believe that life comes from God. This is what I believe. And that God ushered in life through his word. That's how the Bible starts. That, that God spoke life and there was life. That God spoke light and there was light. That God uh, spoke star and there was star. That actually it was God's word that created the very universe. So here's what I learned through that. That words are powerful. You know, we talk about God's word, the Bible. God's word is powerful. But do you know what? Your word is powerful. Our words are powerful. And before, before I make my main point about holding on to God's promise... Can I offer you a New Year's resolution about words? God, Life came through God, and God created the universe through his word. Here's a New Year's resolution I want to offer to each one of us. Be kinder, more generous, more loving, more encouraging, more compassionate, and more gracious with our words. What would 2014 look like if we made that resolution to say, I recognize that my mouth is powerful, the tongue the Bible says, is like it can be a weapon, that our words are powerful. What would your 2014 look like if we all made this resolution to say, I want to be more kind, more generous, more loving, more encouraging, more compassionate, more gracious with my words, with what I choose to say. That's just a little, a little side thought for you. <laughs> Back to the main point, holding on to God's promise. So in this story... Luke 2, verse 21 to 40. Jesus is now a few days old. And his parents, Mary and Joseph, take him to the temple to dedicate him, uh, to, to circumcise him, to bring him into the Jewish tradition, to bring him into the Jewish community. So he's circumcised and he's dedicated in the temple. And in the temple, we meet these two older characters, Simeon and Anna. And I think they've both got something to teach us. Simeon had a promise on his life. And the promise on his life was that one day he would see the Messiah. The whole of Israel was waiting for this one person, this leader, this king that would, that would come and set his people free. Everyone was waiting for the one king who would come and set their people free. And Simeon had this promise on his life that one day he would see Messiah. What is incredible, incredible. Sorry, in Luke chapter 2, is that he doesn't only see Jesus, he holds him in his hand. He doesn't just see the promise, he gets to hold the promise in his hand. You know, my my hope and my prayer for you is that even this morning, that God would remind you of some of the words that he's spoken into your life before. I, I know there's people in this room where God has given you a promise. He's given you something to hold on to. He's given you, he's spoken his word over your life maybe there's some people in this room who've never heard a promise before from God, maybe never heard a direct word from God before. Well, my hope and my prayer for you is that you would open your eyes and you'd open your ears. And that's this morning, you would hear God's heart and you would hear God's promise to you. And, and my, my encouragement to you, like to Simeon, is God fulfills his promise. Simeon not only saw the promise, he got to hold baby Jesus the Messiah, the king of the universe, in his hands. And my encouragement to you is you will see God's promises come true. He is the fulfiller of his word. He is faithful and trustworthy. And then Anna. Uh, Anna's story is found in in Luke 2, 36 to 38. Let me read it to you. Simeon encourages, encourages all of us to hold on to God's promise to us. And Anna, Luke 2, 36 to 38. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then had been a widow for 84 years. She had never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Anna, Anna's story could have been a tragedy. Anna's story was that when she was a young woman, she got married, but then her husband died. And for the rest of her days, she lives in the temple, worshipping God, waiting for the day when Messiah, the King, will come. And as an old lady and how many days would she have come to pray, hoping that today was the day? But when she was very old, actually the promise was fulfilled. How does Anna's story not become a tragedy not become one of grief and become one of redemption? Well, I think, I think this would be an encouragement for you. If, if your story at the moment is kind of framed by gr- grief and pain and bitterness, here's Anna's story. The grief did not lead to bitterness, but to hope, because she knew that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. And as Anna held the baby Jesus, she realized actually hope does not disappoint us. I've got a third thing I want to say, but here's what I want to just encourage you to do now. If there's a promise that you feel like, God, you said this to me, maybe 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, maybe 40 years ago, you felt God give you a promise, God give you a word, what I really want to encourage you to do now is to almost imagine that and hold it in your hand and say, I'm holding on to that. I'm holding on to God's promise for me this year. And as, as we hold this promise, I'm just going to pray for each one of us. God, we, we know that the best is yet to come. We know that 2014 could be a massively significant year for each one of us. And God, as we hold on to those promises, I pray that you'd give us strength. I pray that you'd give us grace. And God, we pray that that day would come soon when you fulfill those promises. Those things that we're holding on to, give us strength, God, I pray. Give us encouragement, God, I pray, Lord, to keep on going, Lord, to persevere. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The third and final thing I want to say to you today as the band come and join me is to bow the knee. The Christmas story. The Christmas story. How do we carry this Christmas spirit all year round? Well, we open our eyes. (laughs) We open our eyes to the wonder and the joy that every day could bring to us. How do we carry this Christmas spirit all year round? We hold on to the promise that God is faithful, that God is good, that God is true, that God is just. And how do we be the kind of people that hold on to the Christmas spirit all year round? We'll become people that bow, that bow the knee to Jesus. Uh, I saw this on Twitter over the Christmas period. Judas Smith said, Christmas teaches us that salvation comes from above, not from within. Christmas teaches me that, that God does not abandon us. Christmas teaches me that God is with us. That God is for us. You know, you may have heard before that God loves you. Well, here's maybe another revelation for you. That God actually likes you. <laughs> God loves you and he died for you. But actually he knows everything about you. He knows you at your worst. He knows you at your best. And he likes you. You know how much safety comes from spending time with someone who knows you really well. And they still like you. <laughs> you know, And they still love you. Well, that is the God that we're talking about. That is Emmanuel. The God who is with us. He actually likes you. He actually likes spending time with you. (laughs) He actually likes hearing your voice. He actually likes hearing it when you talk to him. God actually likes you. He loves you, definitely, but he actually likes you. (laughs) Christmas teaches us that salvation doesn't come from within, it doesn't come from me striving. It comes from above, it comes from a Savior, and His name is Jesus. The shepherds came to worship Him, the angels bowed before Him. The magi, the wise men, they bowed in awe before King Jesus. The stars aligned in the sky. You may not know that. The stars aligned. It's like the stars got in line and created this phenomenon in the sky called the Star of Bethlehem. The stars aligned in the sky. Simeon recognized him as the Messiah, the anointed one, the saviour of his people. Their response to Jesus at Christmas was to bow the knee. That was the only appropriate response. And I want to say to you today that actually if you make 2014 a year where I'm going to bow my knee to Jesus, this is a year when I give myself to Jesus. This is a year when I give my heart, my life, my energy, my emotion, my everything, I give it to Jesus. I bow the knee to Jesus. Then your 2014 could look really different. If you open your eyes and see the wonder and gift of each day. You know, if you treat everyone like they're a precious child of God, you know, if you treat everyone like they're an angel sent from heaven, like Hebrews 13, 2 teaches us, if you speak life over others, make that your New Year's resolution to speak life over other people. Let's cut all the rubbish talk that we speak over each other. Let's make our resolution to say, I want to speak life over people in 2014. If you hold on to the word of God, and if your life is lived as an act of worship to King Jesus, then I think we'll be the kind of people that carry that Christmas spirit all year round. As we step out of Christmas into 2014, let's do it with our knees bowed to Jesus. And here's simply what we're going to do. I'm going to invite us to make a response this morning to, to Jesus. I, when, I, when I thought about this message, and uh, when I thought about these phrases, I thought, I want that. Like I want to respond to this. When I see Jesus and his beauty and his awesomeness, when I see Jesus the Savior, my only response is to bow in worship to him, to lift my hands to worship him. And in a moment, I'd love to pray for each one of us in this room. I'd love to pray that if for anyone in this room that's saying, "I want that," what that that's what I want. Then I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that we'd be able to live up to that. That I that, say, that, God would help us. <laughs> Salvation doesn't come from within; it comes from above. <laughs> the Christmas spirit. As I just did this brilliantly before. I say, Jesus does not abandon us. He gives us another. It's called the Holy Spirit. Yeah. God lives inside of us to help us and lead us and guide us so I'd love to pray for us this morning and my response to God my only response to God is to bow the knee and that's difficult because I've done my in. <laughs> but it's, that's my only genuine proper response to Jesus is to bow the knee to him this Christmas and as I pray it may be that where you're sat that you want to do something similar it may be that you want to bow your knee it may be that you're not able to do that and you might just want to lift a hand and say, Jesus, I want that kind of life. I want to bow my knee to you. I want to give myself to you. It may even be that where you're you're sat right now, you're thinking, my only response is to stand and to lift my hands to him. Now, I want to invite you to make some kind of response. It might be to bow the knee. It might be to lift your hand. It might be to stand up and lift two hands to heaven and say, Jesus, I worship you. But why don't you make your response now? As I begin, as I as I pray for us, I want to bow my knee to Jesus. What about you? It might be to lift a hand. It might be to lift two hands. Maybe you're with someone and you want to bow your knee together. And maybe, you know, maybe you're a couple and you want to say, "Come on, together as a family, we're doing this. We're bowing our knee to Jesus." Yes, Lord God. Lord Jesus, maker of heaven and earth We thank you that you came as light That you came in love That you came to save That you came as a gift to all humanity Jesus, we thank you that you are here today With us by your word and by your spirit And I pray that each one of us Would know you in a deeper and more real way that we would experience the power of your salvation and the beauty of your presence, that you would enable us to carry the true spirit of Christmas all year round. Jesus, we bow our lives to you. We love you and we adore you. Amen. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.